When the world has gone crazy And it's all becoming clear When they're gunning down our comrades And it seems the end is near As they're loading up the launchers For the tear gas grenades We can take off our bandanas And kiss behind the barricades When it's madness all around And you can see this at a glance We will sing and we will cry We will laugh and we will dance As they shout their marching orders Beneath the helicopter blades We shall seize the moment For a kiss behind the barricades They will try to break our spirit And at times they may succeed But our love for the world Is stronger than their greed When the building is surrounded And hope begins to fade In my final hour A kiss behind the barricades As the movement grows There will be hills and bends But at the center of the struggle Are your lovers and your friends And the more we hold each other up The less we can be swayed Here's to love and solidarity And a kiss behind the barricades Are you ready for the end of the world? Listen to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. I guess I need to wake up, huh? Let's bring back the circle again. <laughs> Let's bring back the circle again, the circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of being. Wake up! And be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. You are listening to your community spirit on your community radio station. Let's talk about your community. Uh, yes. First of all, though, today is 11-11-11. And that only happens once every hundred years. Yeah, every hundred years or so. I had to pause for a second. Just a second. Mm, yeah, do the math. <laughs> yeah, do the math. Um, numerologist. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Hey, I'm smart, too. Numerologists say that this is the happiest day of the year, that only good things can happen on 11-11-11. I think they're probably right. Around the world, the month, day, year people are agreeing with the day, month, year people. You know, some people read <laughs> things in different orders. Yeah, they do. And even the year, month, day people are agreeing. <laughs> This is, this is like unprecedented. We're talking the same language all over the world. Uh, yeah. How often does that happen? Uh, not very often. It happens a little more often than the 11, 11, 11, you know, because there's like 7, 7, 7, 8, 8, 8. But, uh, but yeah, it's not all that common. Yeah. We actually speak the same language all over the world. <laughs> all right. The language of numbers and, of course, the language of smiles. Don't forget that one. <laughs> so, did you know that the strike at SIU... C is over. I heard about that. Now, the union called it off because they said that there's enough in common now. Now, I don't know if they've actually finalized the contract still, 
Yeah, last I heard they haven't, but it's possible they did in, in the wee hours, you know. Right. But, I mean, they were close enough that um, yesterday, was it yesterday? No, two days ago now. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, um, they called it off Wednesday evening late that Thursday they wouldn't strike. So, yeah. there was one day yesterday. I wonder how, did classes really resume in a clear and orderly fashion? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't heard yet, but I know today, uh, being uh, Veterans Day, uh, it's not going to be an issue today. Um, but yeah, it, I think it's yet another show of good faith on the on part of the faculty that uh, you know they were so eager to 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 have continuity of classes that they said, well, even though we don't have this agreement yet, we're close enough that we're going to go back to work. Yeah, that is just final language. Yeah. That we agree on the main points. Yeah. I know this is my biased perspective, but it has seemed to me all along that the faculty was working harder than the administration to uh, actually deal fairly, to care about the students. Well, what, how many days without a contract? Yeah, they went, yeah, over a year, like 400 and some days without a contract. So they've, they've been really trying, and I'm glad here they've gotten at least some results. I look forward to hearing the exact details of the contract to make sure, you know, nothing got slipped in there. <laughs> now, I don't know if you've heard the story that's going around of people who were not involved in the union circulating petition to eliminate the union. No, I didn't hear about you know, that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, people who were saying, you were not fighting for me, even though the union did fight for them. <laughs> yeah. It's, you do not represent me. That's the what the whole petition is, is they're trying to essentially um, eliminate the union. <laughs> so I don't know if them, you know, basically until the contract comes out, that we know what happened, you know, what is in the contract, I don't think we can talk about eliminating the union because we don't know what they fought for. <laughs> yeah, right? well, and also, it seems like some people are just ideologically anti-union regardless. And uh, to me, I mean, I know unions aren't what they used to be, and, you know, I don't necessarily always agree with the unions, but uh, if people just don't like unions as a general principle, then I think they should, like, voluntarily give up celebrating the weekend they should voluntarily give up, like, the 40-hour work week, voluntarily give up minimum wage. You know, these are all things that unions have fought for in the past. That is true. It is. Um, and then people say the union doesn't, you know, um, represent them. Yeah. So I was like, well, become a member of the union and make it represent you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was one thing I noticed even on the faculty association. Uh, uh, someone had commented on one of their blogs saying, like, you know, if you don't like what the union's doing, join join the union and vote differently. You know, or you could even like cancel your membership afterwards. You know, which is kind of not what you're supposed to do. But if you're that adamant about the decision, you know, why are you not participating in the process? You know, it's not like the administration where there is no official place for your voice to be heard. There's a very official place for your voice to be heard in the union. What did it's you just say? In the administration, there's no place for. No, <laughs> not really. And it was kind of adamantly clear when they started censoring the comments on the Facebook page. Yeah. I mean, um, the the SIUC Facebook page now is allowing derogatory comments, not derogatory, but, you but know, anti. Uh, yeah, anti, conflicting opinions. There you go. And discussion. There I'm, you go. Discussion. I'm glad to see they're allowing discussion now. Now, if on their on their actual main page now, they actually have a policy of what they allow, which is very funny because the policy is essentially Facebook's policy. <laughs> yeah. If you read it and then go compare it to Facebook's policy, it's exactly the same policy. Yeah. But now they have it officially on their, you know, in their information. 
Yeah, and it's good because you can you can be on Facebook and adopt a stricter policy. You know, you can say I'm not going to let anyone copy it. Uh, paste on my wall, you know, which they did for a little while. Or delete, you know. Yeah. Or I'll delete comments by people whose first name starts with T. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, I mean, originally they were deleting it, and then it turns out that they didn't delete a lot of them. They just hit them. Yeah. Because then they, when they, well, they stopped allowing comments, which meant they just got hidden. Yeah. So people were still commenting or, you know, it, it just made it so you couldn't see the comments. Uh, and then, yeah. then they issued a, a public kind of apology, but basically saying people were putting a lot of inflammatory, derogatory stuff. But um, I had actually went and read there, and there was um, stuff that was derogatory towards unions, and they yeah, left that. Yeah, that was left up. Yeah, yeah. It's the, that's basically them covering their butts, you know. Because like I was there as the comments were being deleted, and sure, eventually they got inflammatory, but the first ones that got uh, taken down were very civil, very just expressing a viewpoint. And that's why the later ones got inflammatory. It was because, you know, people's voices were being silenced. People were getting frustrated and, yeah. well, pissed off. I mean, yeah. So, um, if you would like to get a list of the non-mainstream media that actually talked about and posted information, you're going to have to email us so you can get on our email list, or you can just let us know that you just want the information just about this show. Yeah. But I've got a list of, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight different blogs or um, media sources that talked about this issue that were non-mainstream. Uh, yeah. I also do have, like, another five mainstream media. Yeah, Which, and these are some of the resources that we looked to to follow it as it was going on. Well, the interesting thing is the mainstream was getting a lot of their stuff from the non-mainstream. Because <laughs> yeah. nobody was really talking about the issues. Yeah. It was just very much emotionally tinged and not much facts going around on both sides. So um, if you would like to receive our radio newsletter, info at yourcommunityspirit.org, <laughs> um, here is a couple of blogs, OccupySIUC.wordpress.com, FreeSIU.blogspot.com. One is like for the unions, one's against it. So that's um, being unbiased there. So And they're just both blogs of people commenting for and against. So, Are you trying to be fair and balanced over there? Um, <laughs> I think so. Yeah. So That's fair now, and balanced. SIU did get a lot, a lot, a lot of negative publicity about censoring their Facebook page. Yeah. I mean, um, literally, as soon as people were getting censored, people, the, you know, students who the administration has basically been acting like their children. Yeah. Pwn them. Isn't that a word? It's like, <laughs> yeah. They, they, they would post a comment and take a picture of the comment or yeah. screen what is it called screen save yeah screenshot screenshot and then take that picture and post it on another facebook group yeah they created a group about the censorship and i think even in the night that the censorship was happening it it rose above 100 to like maybe even a couple hundred because people were there they saw what was happening they were online at the time yeah that's that's another I mean, I probably shouldn't give this tip, but another tip to the censors is that, you know, censoring stuff at Internet prime time is not a good idea. When's Internet prime time? Uh, it, they're debating if it may be shifting, but it's generally like evening, like around 9 or 10 o'clock, you know. Okay. When the, pe the night owls are just getting started and the sort of daytime people who are going online before they go to sleep. Okay. It's this big rush in traffic. 
Well, I was told that the next morning there was 400 members of the Stop Censoring Facebook page. <laughs> yeah. And it's something like a 1,000 now. I don't know exactly, but <laughs> yeah. it is a lot of people. And there's at least 60 images of censored comments. Yeah. I didn't actually take an image of my censored comment. I just reposted it elsewhere. Yeah. But now that it, things are open, maybe I should repost it on their site because yeah. it, it was a very civil comment. It was just... You know, a detailed rebuttal of their uh, statement on yeah, the issue. Yeah, because they they do have a. They did say that we have now opened the comments again, and it was it's kind of a half apology, half explaining their policy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they do say in that comment that this page is not for like dialogue. <laughs> yeah. It's you know this is for you know this is our official let people know what's happening, and people just. Tore him a new one. Huh. I mean, yeah, in the comments. Well, that part of why they said that is because they probably read the same article I did that was saying, if this is just for public announcements, they have less of a responsibility towards free speech. If it's for creating a form of discussion, they have more responsibility. Right. So that's probably why they read that article and they said, you know, let's clarify that this is just for announcements. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I kind of think if you have a place for people to do public comments. Yeah. Then it is a form, in my opinion, you know. I know, but, okay. It, it's sort of like asking people, you know, saying that this is only a, a place to share information and then opening it up to comments, you know, it seems kind of... Uh. But, I mean, that's what we do. I mean, we really don't have a form for people to comment on what we do, huh. do we? I mean, we do have, uh, you know, uh, a web page. Yeah, web page. can comment on there, right? Uh, they can comment on the Facebook group. They can't and, comment on the web page. And then we do have a Facebook group, so anytime we, you know, post a news article, you can comment on there, too. So, yeah. I mean, we're not completely closed to people commenting with us. Yeah. And then we do have email. I mean, but I mean, on the Facebook group, are, if someone comments something completely against us, are you going to delete it? Uh, no, you know, it, it's, so far it hasn't really come up, you know, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's a, it creates a dialogue. Yeah, it creates a dialogue. And if it's us against them, then there is no future. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you don't have a dialogue, there is no future. It's just like my way and your way, and there's no humanity. Yeah. Yeah, I was just talking about someone about this, uh, you know, that even if you don't necessarily agree or even if you don't necessarily talk about the biggest issues of the day, it, if you're at least communicating, that's a big step beyond what most people are doing, you know. Most people say, like, oh, that person thinks differently than me. I'm just not going to talk to them. That's what differentiates us from animals. <laughs> it's fun. All right. Let's badmouth somebody. <laughs> we would never do that. Huh? How about let's badmouth the biggest corporation in the world? Are they the biggest? <laughs> They're one of the biggest. Can you guys guess who we're going to talk about? <laughs> Walmart. Apparently, Walmart used to have a really bad image. Yeah, I've never heard of such a thing. You mean people don't like Walmart? In 2005, Walmart had 38% of people polled adamantly against Walmart. Yeah. (laughs) And so what did Walmart do? They did greenwashing. They went out and hired firms to create sustainability initiatives. And now apparently only 20% of people are against Walmart. This is a new series Uh of articles that are going to basically call Walmart to task. So this is an introductory article about it, but it's going to be a series of articles and just show everything that they, well, not everything, but, you know, call them to task on the things they say they'll do 
which are all goals. None of them are action items. They're yeah. all goals and what they're actually doing. And so the world's biggest retailer has gotten a lot of good press since it launched its sustainability campaign six years ago. But in many of the key areas, it actually hasn't got any greener. It's pumping out more CO2, paving over more land, and selling more flimsy. Flimsy is um, a nice way of saying flimsy products than ever before. So in this special series, we're going to take a hard look at Walmart's real environmental impact. Um, and part of the thing is, is environmentalists actually quit going after Walmart when they announced this initiative. Yeah. You know? They said, oh, you know, they're putting up, you know, a few solar panels in one of their locations or, you know, they're getting slightly more green in this area. And then they stopped paying attention. Well, and that's dangerous. The thing is, is Walmart has issued a steady stream of announcements about cutting energy use, reducing waste, and more recently selling healthier food. Yeah. Now, the thing is, is all of those make them more money. Yeah. <laughs> cutting energy usage. It's environmental, maybe, but it makes you money. Yeah. Cutting waste. Waste is money lost. You're wasting things. Selling healthier food? Well, organic food is a big market now. Yeah. <laughs> People are buying organic food. Yeah. You know, so, I mean... It's like, on the one hand, I do want to give them credit for seeing that they can both profit and be have less of a footprint. On the other hand... They're still just seeking profit. <laughs> and there are things that they can do that uh, would, you know, go a long way to improve the situation that would slightly reduce their profit, and they're, they're not interested in that. I mean, back in 2005, literally grassroots organizations were blocking up to one-third of their new stores. Just, like, blocking them. <laughs> yeah. And now that's not happening anymore, and they're still building ferociously... Um, yeah. And nobody's questioning them anymore. And so this is like putting a spotlight back on to, you know, I mean, if you say you're going to do something and then nobody's calling you to task. Yeah, then you may not do it. Right. You may not do it. So, you know, I could literally say I have this goal to do. Like, you know, someone says you're not doing something. And I was like, oh, OK. Now I'll issue a press release that says I have this goal to do this now. But then, you know, five years later, well, six years later, you still aren't doing any of that stuff. Well, time, <laughs> time to call you to task. Yeah. So each one of these articles are going to break down and give information. Now, one of the interesting things about this article was the comments. You know, one of the comments was someone said, well, you need to do that same thing for Whole Foods. Hmm. You go to Whole Foods and they're giving out, you know, styrofoam containers and uh, plastic yeah. containers. And actually, um, someone pointed out an article that was showing how Whole Foods doesn't live up to their environmental image. Uh, yeah, so that's also true. It's not, you know, it's not across the board, but, you know, um, have to hold businesses to task. Yeah. You know. And Walmart gets a lot of the focus because Walmart is, you know, sort of a market leader. You know, well, they're, they're the biggest the of them all. Yeah, the world's largest retailer. You know. So people look to Walmart and they say, you know, well, you know, they don't have to be green. Why do I have to be green? Right. I mean, if they do one little thing good, it, you know, cascades throughout the whole industry. 
And the same thing, one little thing bad. Yeah. And, you know, one little thing bad, because they are so large, makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. So um, I do know that they are doing some good things, but the majority of the things they're doing is just to help their bottom line, yeah. not because they're going green. Yeah, and one of the things I like about this article is it, pointed, it points out the fallacy of uh, sustainability as a growth strategy. That, you know, these indivi- some of these individual initiatives, if they actually follow through on them, are pretty good initiatives. But if it's all just a plan to continue growing, continue consuming more resources, continue, you know, increasing profit margins without giving more to the workers, then that's not real sustainability. That's just infinite growth wrapped in a greenwashed package. That being said, <laughs> does green lifestyles actually make the world a better place? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, that's a question I often ask. Uh, so, yeah. So from there, lots of options out there uh, for trying to do this, like uh, <laughs> being on garden mulch, for example, you know, uh, cooking pasta in a frying pan, uh, cutting back on dairy. There's lots of people with lots of ways to reduce environmental impacts. Uh, and people often ask, uh, you know, am I doing all that I can? Things like lights getting left on when they shouldn't, uh, people driving places they probably don't need to. Um, that These lifestyle, individual lifestyle choices, however, uh, are not a valid metric for cultural and political change. And I would, I would disagree with this article. Mm-hmm. I mean, I tell people... Um, you know, if people aren't empowered on an individual level, they cannot be empowered on a large-scale level. Now, I do feel that people who um, do simple things like, you know, um, bring in a cloth bag and put uh, compact fluorescent bulbs in and recycle, they have now solved their conscience to not do anything else. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're like, you know, um, you know you're not... You're, st- you're still driving a lot. You're still not hanging your clothes out on the line. You know, I mean, there, small actions do add up. Mm-hmm. But until it's really hard to have small actions add up in a society that doesn't want these to happen. Yeah. Now, I used to always make a joke that until we have organic Cheetos, <laughs> you know, our society is not going to come into balance. And guess what? <laughs> We got organic Cheetos. We got organic Cheetos now. (laughs) You know, so, I mean, it's a lot of the things that were talked about in the 60s, talked about in the 70s, are happening now in mainstream society. Yeah. And so that's where we have to create this shift, and that's what I think the Occupy movement is trying to do. Yeah. Well, and I I think part of the danger this article is talking about is the sort of the risk of complacency and the risk of having it all be up to lifestyle choices. You know, because I I see making... Changes in our lifestyles, I see as sort of the low-hanging fruit of, of the environmental movement. It's like, right now, I know that there are things that I can do to improve my impact on the environment. And so I may as well do those things. But then there are also broader policy issues, uh, things that the corporation is doing rather than things that I'm doing. And those are going to take a lot of work to deal with. And um, I think it's important for us to not lose sight of those concerns just because, like you said, you know, if we do one or two things and then feel like, oh, I've done what I can, then that's the danger, you know. Well, we know, we do know that there is a systematic problem in our society that, I mean, when we're, you know, outstripping our resources and 
basically making it so that there's not steady work for people because yeah. we're outsourcing everything. Basically, there's a systematic problem in our society. Yeah. And so, yes, um, I can turn the lights off. Yes, we should all try harder. But ultimately, this battle is about cultural and political change on a very large scale. And that's what seems to be happening with the Occupy movement. Yeah. Is they're not saying what they want because they want so much. Yeah. They want to change things for the better. Yeah. And that is huge. Yeah. And it's huge. And it's going to, the, the details are going to be complex and it's going to take a long time. Yeah. Well, and that's why they don't want to come up with one simple, you know, demand of like, you know, let's fix X. Yeah, and if you then you fix X and you're done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the concern. So, and you know, you you can still. I mean, one argument I make is you can still make sort of concise statements about in general what you're trying to do, but if you all have it come down to like let's all recycle, you know, <laughs> then, then people will stop at that point. I don't really believe in recycling. I believe in not buying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. The the R is reduce, reuse, recycle. People don't realize that it's a thing you're supposed to do in order. The first thing you're supposed to do is reduce as much as humanly possible. And then if you can't reduce, then you reuse it. And then if all else fails, you, you can't reuse it anymore, you recycle it. Yep. So it's not, it's not out of mind when you toss it in the recycling bin. It still is something that needs to be reused. So today, 11-11 day, it's also November 12th, which happens to be <laughs> Veterans Day in the U.S. And... um. I just forgot what it's called. Remembrance Day? Yeah, oh, Remembrance Day. Yeah, it's also uh, Armistice. Armistice Day. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, in the U.S., we call it Veterans Day, Armistice, or Remembrance Day in the rest of the world. So, yeah. Um, that being said, at Veterans Memorial Park at 11 o'clock, they will be doing a ceremony for remembrance for the veterans. <clears throat> so, that's really nice. Um. It's Independence Day in Angola and in Poland. So, yeah, coming up on Saturday, let's see the uh, birthday of Grace Kelly, the the actress, and uh, also Auguste Rodin, the sculptor. Sunday is World Kindness Day. That's nice, and the birthday of Robert Louis Stevenson. Hmm. Yeah. Also the birthday of Whoopi Goldberg, the actress. <laughs> I wonder what her real name is. Is it you think it's really Whoopi? I think that's her real name. I'm not up on the pop culture. Huh. So she says All it's right. her name. You know, I, I say if it's what you call yourself, that's what I consider your real name. I, I, having a name like Tree Song, uh, that's my standing. Well, <laughs> Monday is loosen up, lighten up day, so I'm not going to be so strict on you. <laughs> yeah. All right. So yeah, let's see. Yeah, Tuesday is America Recycles Day. Day to talk about recycling. All right. It's also I Love to Write Day, so uh, I should really write out my novel on Tuesday. <laughs> there you go. Wednesday is National Educational Support Professionals Day. you think they would have came up with a little shorter name, but um, I guess if you're educational, you can write big things, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, Wednesday is UN International Day for Tolerance. Oh, man, I should have read that before I got on the case of having too long of a name, huh? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, and uh, Thursday is the Great American Smokeout. It's a day to stop smoking. Now, I'm, I'm never an evangelist about such things, but if you are looking to stop smoking and you want advice, moral support, assistance, you know, I will be there because well, I've lost people to smoking and 
If you've chosen to quit, I will gladly assist you. Now, Thursday is National Homemade Bread Day. So stop smoking, cook a lot of bread, invite us mm -hmm. over to help you cook the bread. Yeah. And we'll be very supportive in the cooking of the bread and the not smoking. Exactly. And ideally, if you're a good cook, you won't smoke the bread either. I mean, <laughs> burn it. Yeah, bur burning it creates smoke, so you want to avoid that too. All right. couple <coughs> happenings. International Coffee Hour from 3 to 5 on Fridays in the Northwex Annex Building B. Mix from people from all over the world. Yes, you too are a member of the international community. Hmm. So, yes. Other happenings? Uh, yeah, not this Friday, but next Friday is the last Friday of the month. Is it? Uh, no. Is that? No, that's wrong. I screwed up there. You, yeah. Is, you, you're getting ahead of yourself because you're excited about uh, that event. <laughs> but we'll mention that one next week. <laughs> okay. Uh, but right. rice and spice. That's always going on. That's uh, tonight at 6 p.m. at Guy House Interfaith Center. 913 South Illinois in Carbondale. And you know what we're up to for Rice and Spice tonight? Um, Uptown with Downtown. It's a bunch of different restaurants are going to donate, you know, different, you know, their best dish or their dish they want to donate. Oh, you know? uh, yeah. So, that sounds exciting. I like the name, Uptown with Downtown. Uptown with Downtown. Yeah. Tonight at Guy House. Now, the farmer's market is through the end of this month. So Yeah, they're still out there. It's November. It's getting chilly. Yep. But uh, uh, hopefully they'll have good weather tomorrow. Get your pumpkins. Get your potatoes. Get your apples. What other things are in season at the end of the year? Well, greens. Mm. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of tomatoes, too. It's been really extremely warm, and there is a lot of tomatoes. Yeah, and arts and crafts are always in season out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there's also the uh, Vigil for Peace. <coughs> Excuse me. Coming up on uh, Saturday from noon to 1 p.m. at the corner of Maine and Illinois in Carbondale. They've been out there for a long time, and we still have the opportunity to support them as they uh, bear witness to the costs of war and hold out hope for the promise of peace. And I do want to remind people in this time of uh, hardship that the Good Samaritan House still needs your support to continue to provide assistance to the people in need. Yeah, you know they provide food to a lot of people, a lot and support to yeah. a lot of people. I really and, don't uh, know how many meals they do. I, I I don't have it in front of me, but I get the report from them because I'm on the Carbondale Interfaith Council, and the, the you know the the state funding goes down and the people they're supporting goes up, so they could really use the assistance. Uh, it's always good to put that out there because you know people people need to eat. And here's a volunteer opportunity. November 17th, which I think is next Thursday, yes. 175 trees will be planted on the SIUC campus. Um, the fall tree planting day, starting at 8 a.m., the focus area will be Thompson Woods between the Agriculture Building and the Student Center. And so there's sign-up and planting about 175 trees. And they've already pre-dug the hole, so they just need people to take the tree, mm -hmm. put it in the hole, and lovingly plant it. Yeah. So, this is a good opportunity to plant a tree. Yeah, good you opportunity. Know, you like to breathe, and trees happen to make it so we can breathe. Yeah. And the one item that's not on the list that also happens next Thursday is the Vegetarian Thanksgiving Potluck. Uh, that's coming up Thursday at Guy House Interfaith Center, 913 South Illinois. Biggest dinner there of the year. All sorts of veggie dishes uh, are going to the, be there. The big Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Completely forgot about that. It's huge. Yeah, it's huge. It's anywhere from 
you know, 100, 150, 200 people. I think it, the low end has been 150 people. Yeah. Usually it's like over 200 people. Coming. Yeah, I have seen over 200 people in that building, and it's, it's quite an amazing sight. If you would like to help cook, otherwise get involved or come eat next Thursday, um, call 549-7387. Yes. <laughs> yep, so... Vegetarian Thanksgiving dinner. Yes, exciting times. And uh, hopefully we'll see you there. And in the meantime, we'll see you here next week on the radio. <laughs>